The reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele. And yes, we do have a review of the Dragon Ball movie that isn't going to hit the States for another six weeks, maybe more, because we're we're lucky like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. That's at least we said in pre-pro. Hi, Ted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ted hasn't seen this yet, so, so there. Okay. Anyway, I'm... Throwing that out. We've got some news to take care of first, though, and some of it is good, some of it is weird, some of it is bad, and some of it is bizarre. All right, let's start with the Marvel Universe stuff, because two people are allegedly joining, not as the same character. That'd be weird. Uh, Ryan Gosling is allegedly in talks to play Nova, the member of the Nova Corps, who's apparently the last one left since Thanos snapped them out of existence. Did the Nova Corps get brought back at the end of Endgame? Since he killed them before the snap. Mm, I'm just just saying, so there's one left and it's Ryan Gosling, who to me seems a little bit old for the role. I mean, no offense by that. I know he's not that old himself, but I'm just saying iteration of nova but nova is usually like what 20 18 something like that something like that see i'm thinking you can flip these two casting things because taron edgerton is still kind of young yes uh and they're talking about casting him i'm hoping that this is just on his height as wolverine i like the call i i think he can pull it off um and i really don't see ryan gosling playing wolverine i'm not saying he can't i i don't either but yeah. But I can see Taron Edgerton playing it much more than I can. And I do mean it, because Wolverine is kind of a feral, bestial character. Um, which I'd like to see even more of a that side of him, actually. That'd be kind of cool. You know, to give it a very different spin, because they're going to have to, because people are going to be sitting there watching and saying, why the hell isn't it Hugh Jackman? So eventually, you have to move on from Hugh Jackman as much as we don't want to. But... Uh, yeah, I, I can see that casting because I think Edgerton is a pretty good actor. And as long as it's not Robin Hood, I like well, that movie. Come on, I mean, he's <laughs> god awful, but um, yeah, I like it. And, and, and Gosling, he's gonna be wearing he's gonna be wearing a helmet most of the time in Nova, so or he should be. Uh, I mean, he's not Judge Dredd, but yeah, he probably is going to be wearing the the. Uh, but it's kind of like a Magneto's helmet, only with a faceplate. Yeah, I just I don't really have a feel for what that character is like. So to me, that's more of a blank slate than far more of a blank slate than like Wolverine is. is. Oh, absolutely, I'm with you on that I'm, entirely. So I think he would be fine in a lot of different roles that they would put him in. Not Doctor Doom, though. I'm sure you've seen the the bizarre rumors of casting Doctor Doom for an audio only role, and who they were thinking, who apparently this person leaked was being uh, considered for the role, which makes zero sense. I saw it and have forgotten it completely. Howard Stern as Doctor Doom. How I, I did see that. How does that make any sense whatsoever? Because Howard is not an actor. No. I mean, I've seen, seen private parts. And, and, okay, I mean, I've seen the film Private Parts, which starred Howard Stern. <laughs> Howard Stern can really play himself. 
he can't he's not going to be able to play even for an audio only script he's not going to be playing dr doom that's just that's got to be something he just threw out there for the hell of it i think the reason i blanked it out is because i tried to mentally picture what that would sound like and went that no no ow yeah dr june from from latvia new jersey Uh, it it makes no sense it has to be just some (laughs) he threw out there just for the hell of it just to mess with people's heads because it's i mean that would be among the worst casting decisions of all time i mean worse than kevin costner as robin hood It, it just it's god awful so as as a riff it's funny because it's stupid <laughs> but i mean he'd be better as the hulk for christ's sake well you know Patton oswald was uh modok which didn't make any sense to me but, but that fits better than i mean modok can kind of sound like anything and it was That's- a comp and it was a comedy i mean if they're going to do a comedy with dr doom in an audio version why the hell would you do that to begin with? But I don't know. Of course, with Modak, but but yeah, that's just the most bizarre news uh, by far. It just makes zero sense. Anyway, back to the real news. Yes. Um, the other new, this news moving over to DC because it does affect DC a lot, but also affects a lot of other uh, shows. Apparently, and I have not been able to completely verify this. Well, the number part of it anyway. The CW network seems to have been bought by Nexstar for, and you ready for this bid? Zero dollars. <laughs> but it does also acquire all of the current losses that the CW has, which is about a hundred million dollars. Now, I think the CW saw this coming because the list of shows they canceled is fairly large. They got rid of uh, let's see, Dynasty, which apparently they restarted and I missed. Darn. Uh, they <laughs> reboot to the 4400 in the dark. Batwoman, Supergirl, Naomi, Legends of Tomorrow, all canceled. Uh, Flash is in its last season. Stargirl is still kind of up in the air, from my understanding. And uh, Superman and Lois might be the only thing left when CW. We remember when CW used to be UPN. Yes, and I there do. was the WB network, and they merged and became CW because that has a U, a P, or N, an N in it. Um, and now it's going to become Nexstar, which I had never heard of. Nor have I. I did see that story, which is really strange. And especially, it's like, why why would you keep Superman and Lois? I mean, just the way, those characters, the way the actors look, not knocking their looks, but they don't look like those characters at all. And then apparently they're actually maybe they're from an alternate Earth, maybe they're not because they're confused with the storylines. But yeah, I, I've only seen a couple of clips of them, and I think they're terrible in the role. And I'll admit, maybe, I, even I missed this one. I, I didn't bother watching it because I kind of went, I, I'm burnt out on the Arrowverse, and if this is part of it, which it may or may not be, I'm done. Sorry. Yeah, it's just the guy. Just he doesn't. He is about he he might as well be playing Bizarro Superman, which have been if he played Bizarro it would probably be much more entertaining, frankly. Uh he has no vibe whatsoever as Superman for me. It's like zero. And the actress playing Lois Lane and can't remember either of their names, and I don't care to look him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
very little charisma either. They don't. They just don't come across at all. It's like they. It's like they just were doing casting calls, and they finally said, "Oh my God, I'm tired of this. Let's get these two people." And it's just. Yeah. It, nothing. To I don't know. But in those, or as actors, but in those roles, I do not get the vibe at all for either of them. Well, let's get a let's get a little bit better vibe going because there's a couple of uh, DC animated movies coming. Oh. Although, Uh-oh. I'm not entirely sure I like the art. The animation is smooth because it's all computer done now, instead of drawing it, which I think is a shame, really. Agree. Uh, but we've got a uh, John Stewart, not that one, John Stewart Green Lantern movie uh, oh. called Beware My Power coming on July 16th. And then the slightly ill-named Batman and Superman Battle of the Super Sons coming on the 18th. Now it's Sons with an O. This is focusing on Jonathan Kent, Super Superman's kid with Lois and Damian Wayne. Uh, the, the Green Lantern movie, from what I understand, is just the origin of the John Stewart Green Lantern. The Battle of the Super Sons, Damien and uh, Superboy, basically, are fighting off a Starro invasion. And I, while I don't really care for the way they're drawing them, the animation is crisp, it's nice, it's smooth, and the way they're doing Starro is a little bit different Watch the trailer. It's on YouTube and you'll go, you're right, Rob. I don't care for this art, but the way they did Starro is really cool. So I guess we'll find out about that in October. We will indeed. Much more excited for the Jon Stewart. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like Damien. Damien's fun. Anyway. Really? Sorry. He is because he's a jerk, which makes him fun. Oh, well, yeah, there is that. Um, And now for some really bizarre news. Uh, I wanted to mention it last week, but I hadn't confirmed it yet. I've confirmed it now. Uh, There is now a Sesame Street episode. Trust me, there's a reason I'm mentioning this. uh, That has been unearthed from 1976, uh, which was pulled because it scared the children. (laughs) It's... The guest star for this episode of Sesame Street is Margaret Hamilton, reprising her role as the Wicked Witch of the West from the from the Wizard of Oz movies. Um, apparently, she's flying over Sesame Street and dropped her broom, and it, the broom gets passed around by the characters of Sesame Street while she runs around and tries to scare the crap out of people to get her broom back. Uh, it is not <laughs> officially available anywhere, but you can find it on YouTube which is where I found it and watched part of it. And it is, I can see where it scares the crap out of kids. I vaguely remember it scaring the crap out of me when I watched it in 1976. But it's weird. That is is an odd choice for them to use that character as like the focal point of a whole, I can kind of see her dropping in. And then we find out that she's actually nice or, but is like, yeah, she didn't. Yeah, but which would be a weird take on the character. But yeah, because that movie terrifies Wizard of Oz, terif- the witch terrifies small children and has yeah. for decades. So it's really weird to bring her onto Sesame Street and it's like, hey, 
<laughs> scare the crap out of the kids all over again. It's like, how fun. I mean, I remember Sesame Street would occasionally have the, the interesting R2-D2 and C-3PO were guests. Yes. And that was just weird. They're not terrifying. No. Not I mean, Darth C-3PO Vader. is kind of annoying, but, you know, that's different. Darth killed all the younglings. That would have been different. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Let's go ahead and get to that. I've got nothing else on Sesame Street, but we do have the... I still think it's a horrible name calling it Obi-Wan Kenobi. Call it Obi-Wan or call it Kenobi. Call it Ben for crying out loud. You don't need the full Obi-Wan Kenobi name. It's a mouthful. It's a mouthful, but there there are bigger problems with that show than the name. That's for sure. I well, agree I think with it you. started with the name, but yeah. Yeah. Just Kenobi would have been fine. But, mm, yeah. I had, I had issues with the last episode. How about you? <laughs> you know... I, I briefly had hope uh, for this series because it was better than the penultimate episode was better. It was still had made issues. And I thought, okay, maybe they're going to bring it around. And then they chose to do the things they did in the final episode, which is like, yeah. wow. You know, we thought it was terrible when Darth Vader showed his power by pulling down the ship and not, not noticing that the ship that actually had all the people in it, this guy who can tell, when people are halfway across the galaxy, he knows where they are, but he can't tell that there's another ship just on the other side, even though the damn thing is sitting there, apparently, while the other one is up in the air, and it takes off, and he loses them. Oh, so sad. It's like there are so many ways you could write that where they have a decoy and they get away without making it look like he's a complete idiot. But they doubled down on that with both Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi in the final episode. It was. Well, I'm going to ask you this, because this is the thing that started off the last episode with me that made me go, how the hell did this happen? Reva, who yes. was stabbed in the previous episode, somehow made it from the planet she was on. And I, I'm sure it had a name. Um, she took her really wounded self, found a working ship somewhere because the Empire left her there. And somehow managed to get to Tatooine before Obi-Wan could get captured by Vader or before the other ship completely got off that planet? Yeah. How? And that's a minor – that's a problem, but that's a minor problem compared to some of the crap that they attempted to pull off in this. And I don't want to start this – we're not talking about fan service where – at some point, we'll talk about Marvel, and some people are upset that they changed her powers and the origin of her powers because it doesn't match the comic book. And to me, it makes perfect sense because it, it fits the MCU better, and it frankly, it fits the character better. I think it makes even more sense. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about yeah, within the context of this series, it makes no sense. When they establish the characters have certain abilities, and then they don't use them. Or you establish a relationship, and then they completely ignore the relationship. It makes no sense. And they do this – they've done this over and over in this series. And it's so – it's really frustrating because I was so looking forward to this. And this is one of the worst things in the Star Wars universe that I've ever seen, frankly. And I know a lot of people love it, but um, – You're talking about relationships. I'm going after really simple things. Like Revo goes after Luke Skywalker. Right. Why? 
to kill him because, yes, my revenge against you is complete, Lord Vader. I killed the son that you didn't even know existed. Huh? Or uh, why the Star Destroyer didn't just shoot down Obi-Wan's ship. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. Okay. Why, why did they have to do this? What the, You mentioned Reva bringing Luke out, right? And she, she tracks him down. Yeah. She carries him out because now she's decided that, you know, she's... You know, she has the flashbacks to to her her horrible journey at the hands of Anakin and decides she's going to save Luke, although she didn't have to save him because she's the one who did something. Put him in him. danger in first place. Right. But she carries him out. Now, get this. Obi-Wan could tell where Luke was because he was tracking him. Right. He was heading out in that in that direction. So he clearly knew where he where he was. I mean, after all, he could he could sense in a sense where all sorts of people are all over the damn universe, but that's besides the point, right? So right. she came out Luke. We don't know if he's lifeless or not. And sets him down on the ground. What is she's 15 feet away from Obi-Wan? Obi-Wan Kenobi, this master Jedi, the greatest Jedi in the, in the universe, can't tell if he's alive or dead. Oh, right? I'll go one better than that. He knew Kidding. where he was the whole time, but who is who? Who does she come out in front of? Baru, Obi Wan's going. I'll take this direction and heads off to the right. Right. It's it's there's so many stupidly poorly written things, and there's ways to play that scene out, but that's not it. Like, really, you're gonna tell me Obi Wan can't tell if he's alive or dead? Yeah. Like, surely he would sense the presence of the force or the lack of the force in the little dead Luke. But no, it was like he takes the sigh of relief once Luke turns and breathes. It's like, oh my God, he's okay. It's like, really? Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? That's by far the least of the transgressions of this ridiculous piece of crap that they turned out. The best by far, the duel. Well, we finally get another wonderful duel between Darth Vader and Obi Wan Kenobi. No, we don't. <laughs> Yeah, we don't get a wonderful duel. You're right. The the lightsaber like, battle itself, I thought, was weak. The force parts were actually pretty good. But the lightsaber part. battle was weak. Right. right. And then people have said, oh, my God, it's a great – it's not a the, – the lightsaber in, in this entire series was really pretty bad. I mean, it, yeah. it, I've seen people doing cosplay at cons on YouTube who do much of the lightsaber battles. It, it's really strange how – Apparently they forgot to hire a consultant or they got a bad one because the lightsaber battles are not very good, frankly. Like the first part was good, but finally Ben triumphs. Spoiler alert. Ben triumphs over Darth Vader. And if you couldn't figure that out because they're both still alive when we have movies, then I don't know how you missed that part. But I will say this, the lightsaber battle in episode four that is easily the weakest part of that movie, and that is the weakest lightsaber battle we get. But, you know. Probably. But he finally gives up on the fact that he's Anakin. He turns away, and he calls him Darth, which is weird because that's a title instead of, like you had said before, instead of a name. You should have called him Vader or just Darth Vader. But here's the problem. <laughs> he he the? left dead. He chopped off his limbs and left him for dead on a lava flow before. Why does he leave him alive here when he no longer considers him Anakin? 
Now he considers him that he's turned to the dark side. Why would he let him live? He wouldn't. Absolutely would not. And don't give me this crap about, oh, he's a Jedi and he wouldn't do that. He tried to do it before when he was his when he was his Padawan. Now he knows see his face. Now he knows he's evil and he lets him live. There are so many ways, like, oh, I don't know. Vader's troops come down and rescue him before he can finish him off. That's one really freaking simple way that he could let him live because it wasn't his choice. He chose to let this murdering bastard, who obviously that's all he views him as now because he calls him Darth, he chooses to let him live. What, did he think he was going to reform? <laughs> he wasn't. He told him he wasn't. It's so freaking stupid. I, I swear to God, who the hell wrote this crap? That's the stupidest damn thing they've ever done to any of the Star Wars, any of their properties. I'm including the horrible prequels. I'm including Jar Jar Binks, all of it. It makes zero sense that he calls him Darth and lets him live. That's the damn most stupid thing ever. I mean, holy crap. Hopefully you haven't even started watching Obi-Wan Kenobi because you really don't need to. I've told some friends, it's like, oh, I haven't started watching this. Like, yeah, don't bother. Because this is going to piss you off. Because if you know it, anything it, about Star Wars, it's going to piss you off. And if you don't know anything about Star Wars, why the hell are you watching this? Yeah, this is this is this is one to skip. I mean, I, yeah. I'm putting it on the same list as, and I keep forgetting about these, and that's a good thing. The the Ewok TV series is 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 is. Yeah, this oh. is much worse than Ewoks. It's absolutely stupid that the guy who <laughs> tried to kill his his Padawan, his apprentice, lets lets him live in this circumstance. After he knows the horrific things he's done, and after he knows what he wants to do, and he lets him live. It's like, oh my god. That is the incredibly most stupid... You know, aside from the whole thing, is I'm going to go back to tattooing, and I'm going to wear Jedi clothes the whole time. Like, Come on, man. This no one will bad. ever notice. As you said last, it would have been so much better. Just do a series of him. Don't bring in Luke and Leia. Let's have some actual adventures of Obi-Wan instead of getting pulled back into it. Like, he's not Al Pacino, okay? It's like, let's not do this, okay? This is so bad. So horrifically bad. Can we flip it and talk about something good? Because this is getting... Ugh. You know, I was thinking that the, the Trek series that apparently stopped abruptly at nine episodes. Yeah, which is a weird number. Nine it nine. is. I don't know. So, ooh, seven of nine. There we go. Yeah. That That's the tie-in. She'll be in the next season. I'm kidding. She's not going to be in the next season. Let me nine. rephrase that. I really hope she's not going to be in the next season. Wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make any sense. But, but really good series. This is a series that understands what they're doing. It understands how characters' motivations would make them do certain things because it fits the character. It's the last two episodes... <clears throat> really odd because the penultimate episode is one of these odd little fantasy things where there's a mirror universe <clears throat> kind of all based on a you know on a on a fantasy that Mbenga's daughter had been reading that he actually was reading to his daughter and I'm kind of like ah uh, you know this is just kind of one a throwaway episode but then then it got to some really touching stuff between him and his daughter 
and the choices he had to make. And it's like, it, to me, that salvaged the episode. It was really, that part was sweet and made the episode worthwhile. It was heart-wrenching, though. And I don't know, I, after, I mean, it starts off very lighthearted. There's some terribly silly stuff in it. Um, but, and then at the end of it, you're kind of going, no, don't, you know, it, yes. you're, you're losing a character. We're not going to say which one. And you, you're kind of just like, oh, oh, that's, ow. Can I have my heart back, please? Because you've just ripped it out. That's. Payoff for me was worth the silliness. And it's, and it's not, and it's not like an abrupt thing. It's just, it kind of gradually moves towards that. It is kind of oh, a yeah. fast, but, but. It earned... They've been building to something like this at most of the series. So I just wasn't yeah. expecting it this soon. Yep. And it's so, it's so beautifully done. It's so beautifully done that those it last is. sentences is wonderful. And then we have the final episode, which brings back the Gorn and pays tribute. Very obvious. I Some people probably are going to call it a ripoff, but to me, it plays very obvious tribute to Alien and Predator both, which is pretty cool. And brings up character conflict for Spock, which is cool because we saw that in the original series. Uh, Captain Pike takes basically a backseat in this episode and he's in it but he's not he's just part of the ensemble basically which is nice to see yeah. because so it doesn't have to be dominated by the captain which was really good to see i don't know if they would have done it that way in the original series i think kirk would have had a much bigger role to play if they had done this kind of a thing in that back back in the 60s so it was nice to see him just as part of the crew i mean he's leading the efforts and everything else but He's not the guy who has to get the job done all the time because he has a team. That's how teams work. So really, really well done. I really enjoyed it. it it's an interesting take on the Gorn. Made them a lot scarier than some guy in a reptile costume with shiny eyes. Um, and Fred, Flintstone, Flint, Fred Flintstone's wardrobe. <laughs> yes. That's something yeah. I, I looked. I looked it up this morning and I went, because I was explaining who the Gorn were to, to one of my daughters and went, yeah, and he, he looks like this. And I pulled it up on my phone and I went, holy crap, he's dressed like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> Basically. The Gorn are a lot scarier in this new iteration, which I really like. Because, I mean, you, you you couldn't do the Gorn the same way. You had to do something different. No. And I yes. think they did a really good job with that. And, again, another heart-wrenching, another gut punch at the end of this episode. So, uh, it, and they earned it. So really, yeah. really good series. I'm really looking forward to the next go round for Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I think they did a terrific job with adding new characters, the interpretations of the legacy characters, Spock. I really love this version of Spock. He's very well done. He doesn't look a whole lot like Leonard Nimoy, which would be weird, but he sounds just like him, which is almost creepy. And he plays the character really well. Nurse Chapel is a great, great expansion of that character. Absolutely. She's so much more important in this, as as she would be, which would make sense. Uhura, <laughs> Uhura is great. Uhura is absolutely great. Everybody is. It's yeah. so, so nice to see, especially I'm really happy for Anson Mount, because he was stuck in that god-awful Inhumans series. Which, like I said before, basically he looked like he was constipated the whole time. That's, that was it. Like, act like you act like you haven't gone to the bathroom for six days. That's all we need, and that's all he could ever do in that series. 
and he's so good. He and and his hair are so so good. At <laughs> he's playing that up on Twitter. Have you seen these? Oh yes. Uh, oh, yes. Look how big my hair is this week. Oh jeez, dude. <laughs> Isn't there a Twitter account, Pike's Hair? I'm pretty sure there is. I think there is. <laughs> but, yeah, he's he's absolutely great. And I love the fact that Pike is very different from Kirk, very different from Picard, very different from Janeway, any other Starship captain that you can name, as he would be. He has a very different style of command because he's a different person. But all, at the same time, very believable as a person, very believable as... A captain of a starship. It's just really, really well done. Absolutely love Strange New Worlds. It's a shame that the writers of Strange New Worlds weren't doing Obi-Wan because we could have had a really good series there. <laughs> Actually had a in the room. Nah, that would have made sense. Yeah, it would have. Anywho, ah, well. yeah. Better things. Such, they, they, uh, such as. Go get them. <laughs> Not better than Strange New Worlds, but I watched a really odd film, <clears throat> kind of the definition of odd film, called Mad God. Uh, this is the life's passion, literally, of uh, Phil Tippett. He's done VFX work for literally decades, and he's been working on this supposedly for 30, 30 years. That's three with a zero, 30 years. It is a stop-motion picture about a person, maybe, who descends onto this really odd planet and goes through many, many levels of weird, very strange creatures, experiences. It's almost indescribable. It's 82 minutes. Just watch the trailer. It's on Shutter, which is a part of a pay service, which you can subscribe on Prime. You can get a seven-day free trial. Totally worth it just for this alone. If you like horror films, which Shutter is caters to horror films and some suspense, totally worth it if you like that because it's like five bucks a month. But if you get AMC Plus, it's part of that, so even even better deal. But again, get the seven-day trial if you have to. Mad God, it's it's almost indescribable other than you're going to see stuff you've never seen before, stuff that you don't want to see in your worst nightmares. <laughs> and so, so well done. But again, it's really odd because it's stop motion animation and there's no dialogue whatsoever. That's the weird part. Yep. It's just this person's descent down through the various levels of this planet to try to discover... I'm not really sure. I'm going to have to watch it again. It's one of those films, honestly, it's one of those films that you really have to, if you like it, you have to watch probably two or three times just to get everything out of it. And if you don't like it, you're going to turn it off in the first half hour and say, why the hell did this idiot tell me to watch this? But I really, really enjoyed it. I can see why he was so dedicated to to this film because it's not at the level of everything everywhere all at once. But it's that kind of an experience where you've not seen anything like this. It's just so well done. And it's so freaking weird. But despite the fact that there's no dialogue, it definitely has a plot. Unlike some things we talked about earlier on the show. But I highly recommend, recommend Mad God. <laughs> Mad God, and that is on Shudder. 
but that's available right now. There are some things coming up that aren't even available in this country yet. And yet, I've seen some of it. Ha ha ha. And it's something that a lot of people have been looking forward to, especially me, because I, if you've listened to the show before, you know I'm a Dragon Ball fan. Totally. And there's the new series, Dragon Ball Super, which may or may not be coming back for a fifth season. They're still trying to figure that out. But they did come out with a very oddly titled movie because it's from the Dragon Ball Super series, but the movie is called Superhero. So it looks like Dragon Ball Super Superhero. And no, it's not. This is space. <laughs> so the story which we don't know a whole lot about in the states and if you don't want spoilers stop listening now because i kind of have to tell you a few things for it to make sense here's your story basically it's the remainder of the red ribbon army if you remember them from the original dragon ball series not z dragon ball period anyway the red ribbon army recruits a guy named dr hito who is the grandson of Dr. Jiro, who is the guy who created all the androids in the Dragon Ball Z series, including Cell, and convinces him, that's Dr. Dr. Hito, not Dr. Jiro, Dr. convinces Dr. Hito that Bulma is leading an army of aliens bent on taking over the world. <sighs> really? To which all the watchers reply. Uh, but this feeds into Dr. Hito's thing for superheroes. So he creates two new androids, Gamma One and Gamma Two, to beat the super to be the superheroes to beat Bulma's army. Now, I think most of us know that Goku and Vegeta would look at androids and go, "Really?" But Goku and Vegeta and Broly, interesting, are off on Barris's planet and don't know anything about what's going on on Earth. That's uh-huh. the extent of them being in this movie. So. We get a scene where uh, Gamma number two goes after Piccolo. And Piccolo honestly is spending a lot of time being upset with Gohan for not doing any more training and being really lax with his responsibilities about his daughter, Pan. Pan, meanwhile, is actually being trained by Piccolo in martial arts after he picks her up from kindergarten. (laughs) Picture that scene. It's kind of weird. It did strike me as odd that She's in kindergarten at age three. Hmm. I mean, this could be a translation thing. I'm letting it go. Anyway, after Piccolo, uh, I'll get to the fight in a minute, but Piccolo eventually infiltrates the Red Ribbon Army, who is bent on kidnapping Pan for the purpose of getting to Gohan. But Piccolo helps them kidnap Pan, really, for the purpose of getting Gohan off his ass and getting him back into training. So he can fight whatever's going on. Uh, You know, the two new androids and an upgrade to an old villain. I'm not saying which one, uh, which turns into a big fight at the end of the movie, which leads to two characters. I'm not saying which ones getting new forms. You've heard about this if you've read anything about it online. Yeah, it happens. I'm still not telling you which ones or what they look like. Yeah, I know you're going to look it up. Fine. That's what Google's for. Honestly, I'm going to say don't look it up. Wait for it to come out. I'll tell you when that'll be in a minute. Can I make Uncle Fester and Jed Clampett. That that's not too far off. Awesome. Yeah. Continue. Continue. Basically, the first forty-five to fifty minutes of this movie are good, but there is a lot of humor to it. That, if you know the Dragon Ball series, will make sense. If you don't, it might not. 
Um, I will tell you this. There's a thing with letters. Uh, basically, because they're superheroes and they're androids, the Gammas have uh, holographic projectors. And I, we don't know where they are, and we don't know this immediately. Basically, when Gamma 2 fights Piccolo, every time he hits Piccolo, a kapow or a blammo appears behind him, a la the, uh, the Adam West Batman series. So there's a blammo, and Piccolo falls down, and he gets back up, and he goes, where are those letters coming from? And you kind of think it's a fourth wall break, but then there's a scene later where you see one of the gammas in the background playing with the holographic projector. And since he's facing away, the letters are also backwards. And you go, oh, oh, I get that now. And that's when you realize that pretty much in every scene, something is going on in the background that you should pay attention to. <laughs> nice. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's a plot point. It, it's... It's it's actually just really well done, and I enjoyed that. Um, the fight scenes in this are just as good as they're supposed to be. The art does look like the typical Dragon Ball art. Everyone looks the way they're supposed to. They didn't change the art style or anything. The animation is weird. Uh, they're using that form of 3D cell shading. They made 2D characters look like 3D characters. And sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it does. It's just like the DC uh, movies I mentioned a little while ago. Only that art, they changed drastically from anything, any other version of Jon Stewart or Damien or Batman or whatever. None of them look the way you've ever seen them before. This, you don't have to worry about that because Gohan looks like Gohan. Piccolo looks like Piccolo, so on and so forth. Uh, so basically, if you like any of the Dragon Ball stuff, you're probably really going to like this, even with the abject silliness and the complete ineptitude of the Red Ribbon Army. <laughs> now, here's the thing. It's coming to theaters in the States August 19th. So you got about six weeks to prep for this. Just you know, put it on a calendar. Um and in case you're wondering, Rob, how did you get to this? You remember when we weren't didn't have a show two weeks ago? Yeah, I've got friends in Japan. I'm just letting you know. Anyway, this is actually something. It is coming to theaters first. I'm going to, if you like Dragon Ball, go see it. If you want to get into Dragon Ball, maybe not as much, but I still think you're going to enjoy it. Even, you know, if you don't know the characters, you'll learn about them and go, you know, even if I don't know about these characters, these are some cool fight scenes because there's some really cool fight scenes in this film. Nice. What in a Dragon Ball movie? No, can't be. <laughs> <laughs> and happily, more and more theaters are showing things like this. I mean, granted, they're limited showing. Sometimes it might only be like one on a Sunday and one on a Wednesday, something like that. But yeah, a lot more theaters showing. Are showing I think movies. this is actually going to get a bigger theater release than uh, than most. Wonderful. So that'll be fun. It will kinda indeed. Like kind of like this show was. This was a good show. We got to make fun of Obi-Wan because it was crap, and but not Strange New Worlds because it was good, and Mad God, I'm curious now. Very, very weird. I really enjoyed it, but I guarantee you half the people who watch Mad God are going to think it's the worst thing they've seen in their lives. <laughs> and, right, because for them it will be the worst thing they've seen in their lives. Which is the fun of movies. I mean, 
except for Obi-Wan, because no one can possibly think that thing's any good. But <clears throat> that is the fun of movies. I mean, <laughs> either you don't, it's made for you, or it isn't. But there's something else that is made for you, which is what makes movies great. I, I will be definitely be grabbing Mindy, because she loves horror stuff. And, hey, sit down, watch this. And, of course... <laughs> And then Dragon Ball Super, which is coming out next. I didn't realize it was coming that far out. It's very weird. Anyway, so lots of stuff to choose from, including that Sesame Street episode on YouTube before it gets taken down. Check that <laughs> out. Uh, in the meantime, COVID yeah, still exists. If you're actually going to go out, wear a mask. Otherwise, stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Dorn, that's the end. <laughs>